Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The following contest is scheduled for 60 minutes. Give me a hell yeah! Oh my god! The rain just exploded! I apologize, you son of a bubbly! I'm better than you, and you know it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Monday Night Gore. My name's Andy Goldman, being joined as per usual by Mr. Connor Faraday and Robbie Edwards. Do follow us on Twitter, ladies and gents, at Monday Night Gore. Get part of the discussion. That's capital M, capital N, capital G. Take part in all our polls and predictions, whereby we'll be looking today at WWE Fastlane. We'll be going through the entire card of Fastlane, which means this may be the shortest episode of all time, because, ladies and gents, we only have three matches announced for the card let's not forget this is just six days away wwe fast lane emanating from the thunderdome the, uh, the the road stop to wrestlemania if you like and lads ah, fast lane robbie you've made no secrets about your disdain for this particular pay-per-view it almost feels slightly unnecessary that it, it sort of happens in between the chamber and wrestlemania but here it is three matches have been announced uh, tag team title match Big E versus apollo and uh, reigns versus brian I'm sure more will follow. Raw has offered nothing to the Fastlane card thus far. We assume there'll be a few matches on there, but in terms of Fastlane, I don't suppose you're feeling any differently towards it, are you? I certainly wouldn't pay for it. No. I mean, thankfully, we we don't really pay for them. We just watch them the next day and share the subscription between the three of us, but I certainly wouldn't pay for it. Apart from Reigns, Brian, at the moment, out of the three matches, it's the only one that, I wouldn't even say I'm excited for I'm intrigued by because I feel like it could end in a no contest or something, but the women's tag team match will come on to have no interest in and Cruz big E. I thought they might save that for um, mania to be honest. But as you said, Andy raw has offered nothing and Raw just offers nothing anyway, because raw is terrible. Is, is the bottom line of it. I'm sure we'll get some um, matches added last second to it, but yeah, fast lane is just such a pointless pay-per-view because it just comes just it's too close to Mania and there's not enough time to, for the turnaround between. I think it affects Mania as well, Andy, because there's not enough time to build up matches between Fastlane and Mania. And it's rare that titles are dropped at Fastlane. I don't, I don't know why they do it. Andy, money, I imagine, but the card is always trash on Fastlane half time. And this year it's trash again, Andy. So I'm not overly excited for it, but I will be watching, of course. And given how short some of them have been pay-per-views recently, you'd imagine it would probably only be around two hours, two and a half hours. So not too much out of my day. But um, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I am buzzing for Fastlane on Sunday. No. And um, ladies and gentlemen, just remind you, we will, of course, once we know what the entire card looks like, we will uh, give our predictions for Fastlane. Uh, Robbie, don't think you're going to get out of your predictions championship defence that easily. We will be doing it. We'll be doing it here uh, today. As I mentioned, only three matches have been announced. And Connor, uh, Rob mentioned there the Reigns-Brian match is really the only one he's sort of intrigued by. What about you? You mentioned our love for Biggie at the minute and what he's doing. Apollo Crews, we haven't actually mentioned him on this episode or on this podcast, I should say, since he sort of re-debuted, if you like. He, uh, once his heel turn has been fully fledged, he's now adopted a, a new persona, going back to his roots, if you like, whereby he has adopted 
a Nigerian accent. He is now uh, flagged by some henchmen and he carries around a fake spear. Uh, but a lot of people have actually given credit to Apollo, going outside the box and giving a new edge to his character. What do you make of the new Apollo cruise? He's gone outside his comfort zone, hasn't he, Andy? And, and I, I like to see it. Um, they're obviously quite keen on him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given him this push. I think he, he's done very, very well. He's given a new edge to um, himself. Uh, big fan of Big E. think he's doing some great work. And I'm actually very excited for this match. I would actually say that this is the, the match I'm, I'm most looking forward to on the card. Like Rob, I, I wasn't sure if it would come at fast lane, but it has. And I think it needs to come at fast lane because as, as you boys mentioned, you look at the other two matches and you think, not really show stealers. Then you flip over to to Monday nights, and you think there's not going to be too much on Raw that's going to get us all excited. So I think for me, this is the one match I am looking forward to. They've carried it on well. Biggie's finally given him another opportunity after defending against uh, Sami Zayn on Friday. So yeah, very excited. I like what they're doing with Apollo Cruz. I'm hoping that they're somehow going to link this all back to Roman Reigns when they had their little chat. Mm. You good few weeks ago now probably they won't and I'm, I'm clutching at straws there but it'd be quite cool if they did um but no Andy I, I like it and um when I when I watch on Saturday morning Sunday mornings whenever I, I get around to it I hope to see Apollo on my screens and and that's you know the biggest praise that I can give him really now Fastlane we, we, you know, we do have a mixed relationship with Fastlane because of course we shouldn't forget that it has given us some big moments in the past or Goldberg defeat Kevin Owens a few years ago and of course uh, last year I'm looking now that was when Shane McMahon made his dramatic turn on The Miz during the Smackdown Tag Team title uh, feud which led to their match at Wrestlemania which was a programme we all very much enjoyed. There were actually uh, nine matches on the main card of Fastlane this year so if that's anything to go by we, we should expect another six however of course this will be a Fastlane without uh, any fans, which could suggest that uh, we might see less than that as pay-per-views at the moment are a, a lot shorter in length. Uh, but Rob, you know, in terms of Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, this is for the Universal title, there is a match this coming Friday on SmackDown. Edge taking on Jey Uso, the winner of which will be the enforcer uh, of that match. And um, you wrote an article for TWM News, uh, whereby you mentioned the fact that you think that Daniel Bryan would actually be a much better shout for being the world champion would you actually genuinely like to see Brian dethrone Roman Reigns for the Universal title at this pay-per-view? Or is it a case of getting him in that match at WrestleMania somehow, make it a triple threat? In my opinion, he has to be in that match at WrestleMania. I, I want it a triple threat. Um, I think at the moment he's kind of seen the show on SmackDown, I have to say. I think he's overshadowing not just Edge, but Roman Reigns a bit at the moment as well. I'm thoroughly enjoying the interaction between the two of them. And it just underlines that I would have much rather have seen Reigns, Brian in the main event of Mania, Andy. I think there's more of a story to tell between the two, but we have Edge in that match at the moment. But I, I think Brian is going to be in that match. I, I think it will happen. Obviously, Edge is wrestling on SmackDown this week, which I am excited for against yeah. Jey Uso, who just simply can't stop wrestling at the moment to have is it is it an enforcer role for their match at fast saying enforcer role, whatever that is but i would imagine that some shenanigans are going to happen in brian and reigns's match at fast lane and i could easily see brian being given an opportunity similar to what he was given at wrestlemania 30 whereby he had to wrestle triple h at the beginning of the night and then was entered into a triple threat match with batista and awesome which he won of course Obviously, this year they have two nights, so there is obviously scope for them to do that. So I would love to see a Brian-Edge match on night one, whether Edge is capable of wrestling in 
back-to-back nights. I'm not 100% sure. You could do it with Jey Uso, but I think we'd all much rather see Brian go up against Edge one-on-one. And then if he was to win that, and put him in the triple threat match, Tandy, because Reigns and Edge at the moment, don't worry, I'm sure it'll be a very good match, but I'm not thrilled by the prospects. And I have to say, I think Brian being at it would just would make it a much more better storyline, Andy. I think the three, I know people are sometimes sceptical of triple threats a lot of the time, but I think this would be a, a worthy main event. I think the three could work together extremely well. Whether he is going to go on and beat Reigns, I'm not sure, because I obviously love Roman Reigns to absolute pieces, and he is in the form of his life. But Brian is, is on flames at the moment, and he said he's not putting younger talent before him anymore, and you've got to respect it. And he wants to get one more title run. So fair play to the man. And I, I would be fuming if he's not in that match at Mania because then what else is he really going to do? Face Jey Uso again at Mania? It's a bit dead, isn't it? For a man who is, in my opinion, doing some of the best work of his career, especially since he returned from injury in 2018. So regarding Sunday, I think shenanigans will take place. His match won't finish. And we will get Brian in the match at Mania. I, I don't see I must lead to that Andy because why would they have Brian so prominent in the storyline this close to Mania or they well, could just to hit get, it to get Fastlane over essentially yeah but I don't know it seems a bit harsh on Brian if to then just drop it with Reigns as soon as he yeah, he's having more interaction with Edge no with Reigns and Edges which I just find very strange and that's why I'm more interested in Reigns Brian than Edge Reigns because Edge just isn't there that much I know he was there quite a bit this Friday, he's obviously got a match this week, but I'd just rather see Ryan Reigns, Brian, Andy. But we've got Edge, so we've got to have a triple threat, and it has to be a triple threat. If it's not a triple threat, I will not be impressed. And having Brian go up against Edge, maybe on night one. I mean, we've only got two matches as it is for Mania. I need to add as much as they can for two nights, so that would be a match they could add on night one for sure, which would potentially be a main event, Andy, on night one. So I think that's the route they're going to go down. And this Sunday will be shenanigans. Whether it's Edge or Jey Uso that gets involved. I hope it's Edge. And then we'll get Brian Edge at Mania on night one. Connor, this could be Brian's last chance at Mania glory. Uh, it also could be an opportunity to sow some seeds for a possible triple threat match. We mentioned it, we mentioned it before we went on the air. It'd be quite interesting if Edge was to become the enforcer of this match at Fastlane. That uh, he could actually accidentally, or inadvertently, however you want to say it, cost Brian the match. And therefore that could sow a new seed in that story. Or Reigns could just end up beating Brian clean. And if that does happen, what would Daniel Bryan do for WrestleMania? Because he has no other path as to getting on that card other than this particular programme. What do you reckon is going to happen? The way I see it going is Edge wins on Friday, defeats Jey Uso, and costs Daniel Bryan the title at Fastlane. Not inadvertently, I think he will deliberately do it um, after their you know, shenanigans that we had on Friday when Daniel Bryan gave him the running knee. Edge isn't going to forget. Edge isn't going to forget. He's got his eyes set on Roman Reigns and that's the one man he wants at WrestleMania. He will do anything to make sure that nobody else gets there. So I can see him getting involved and stopping Daniel Bryan from getting the opportunity at Roman Reigns. Uh, I don't mind what happens at WrestleMania. I don't mind if it's Edge versus Reigns, but then equally, I'm not too fussed if you chuck Daniel Bryan in there at all but for me if Roman Reigns loses at Wrestlemania then that's when I've got the issue so anything up until then you know you can give me Daniel Bryan and Edge and and Reigns a triple threat or you can just give me Roman Reigns against Edge I'd happily watch both as long as Roman Reigns wins if Roman Reigns is to lose 
then that's where I have the problem early. But going back to fast lane, I can see Edge as enforcer ruining the opportunity for Daniel Bryan. And then maybe because it's so blatant, someone like an Adam Pearce stepping in and giving Bryan another chance at a WrestleMania moment. Okay, good stuff. I, I, I agree with both points. I think it's a good shout. And I think I would like to see a triple threat match, because I think it sells better and uh, would make a lot more sense, because otherwise, you met, Robbie mentioned it, the interactions between Edge and Reigns have been quite few and far in between. I know they still have mm. five weeks to build, but I'm not so sure. I'd much rather see Brian in there as well. Uh, and very quickly, as you know, we spent a few uh, minutes on this before. Uh, the Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Banks and Belair situation that's been going on across all brands, it feels like. It feels like Reginald is uh, on our screens every minute of every day because uh, the former sommelier for uh, Carmella is ruffling all sorts of feathers in the women's division on SmackDown. And it's uh, taken a warpath on between the uh, SmackDown women's title match, which is due to take place at WrestleMania between Sasha Banks and um, Bianca Belair. Before then, we've got a tag team title match at Fastlane between them and the current women's tag champs, Jax and Baszler. Uh, they've tagged up before, failed, and they're doing it again at Fastlane. Robbie, what's the point of this? This, this is what drags SmackDown down. SmackDown otherwise is a phenomenal show. But this is the one bit each week that just makes me think, no, you're doing this wrong. Just very concerned, Andy, because this is a match. I mean, I stay out of the matches on the card. There's only two at Mania at the moment, but Banks Belair is the one I look at and I'm most excited for out of the two, I'll be honest. But the way they're telling this storyline is... I don't, I don't get it, Andy. I really don't get what they're trying to do. They keep having Belair and Banks lose. I mean, didn't Belair... Did she get pinned this week? I can't quite remember. I know by she was Tamina. Yeah. She got pinned yeah, by, Tamina. by Tamina, which is just, just not good, Andy. It's not good at all. They're trying to build her up. They put so much effort into her and then it's, it's stupid the original side of it I just don't get it Andy I'd love to try and put it into words and describe what's going on but I just don't really understand it Andy you don't need this this match people are excited for as soon as Belair won the Rumble we suspected it'd be her versus Banks and we were excited for it and all I need to do is just build up the two of them back and forth yeah. until May you didn't need to try and make the storyline all fancy and make it all I don't know what they're trying to do special the match itself is enough but they've tried to tell this strange storyline whereby Reginald is obsessed with Banks, which I, I just don't get. And in other women's tag team champions are now in the frame who really, they should be trying to build up people to face them at Mania rather than have them, them getting involved in the Belair-Banks feud, which doesn't need people getting involved with. I wish it was just Belair and Banks, not third-party involvement every week, which is what's winds me up the most. But I just don't get it, Andy. And... On Sunday, you would imagine Banks and Belair will win, but KO did make the point that there has been a time in the past where people have entered as tag team champions mm. into Mania and they faced off, so potentially. But then what do you do with Jackson Baser? Amazing if they haven't got um, the titles of Mania. A bit of a mess, Andy, isn't it? I just want... I mean, they've been getting a bit in each other's faces, especially on Friday when Belair had to go at Banks after the match. I just want Banks to turn on Belair after their match and they can just start beefing up until Mania because that's all they need to do, Andy. But it's just a mess at the moment. The match will still be brilliant at Mania. I have full faith in the two of them. But my excitement in it is starting to drain slightly because of the way they're telling it. And that's no disrespect to Belair and Banks. It isn't their fault. It's people behind the scenes who are just telling the storyline absolutely terribly. But going Sunday, I don't see them winning the belts. It'd be a shock to me and it wouldn't make much sense 
either Andy. So I think Jackson Bays will come out on top again. I don't know. Reginald will probably get involved. Probably have his little moment. I, I don't. Reginald may probably Reginald will probably get on the ropes and then start speaking to Banks, give her a flower or something, and then she get rolled up and lose. Some crap like that. But yeah, as you said, Andy, it's bringing SmackDown down at the moment, whereas we should be excited for a match which probably could main event on the nights. So um, yeah, it's just a mess. And they need to pull their finger up, WWE. Yeah. Uh, kind of Raw is a bit of a cancer in terms of whenever they uh, broaden their horizons and move to another show to do something into branding stuff, it usually always stinks. And this is a great example of that because Banks and uh, so, uh, Jackson Baszler, of course, the women's tag champs, they can go to any brand they want. We saw them on NXT, that was slightly better, but um, we've seen them now on SmackDown and they're just bringing this great possible feud between Banks and Belair and they're just sucking it down with their with their suckage, essentially. And I, I was wondering what you feel about the idea of Banks and Belair teaming up again, because Belair is someone that you're very, very high on, have been for a long time, and indeed Banks. And you've been, you know, you have been critical of Banks recently, but you've suggested that you don't really know where Sasha Banks lies in terms of her character. Um, what needs to happen in this match to get them on the right path? Does something need to happen after the match? Because I can't see them winning the belts, but if they do, that would just, that would really hurt. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Andy, because it's it's been about three weeks since I said that. We're three weeks on and I still have no idea where they're going with her. Um, I, I don't know if she's a face. I don't know if she's a heel. She feels so heavily scripted. I feel like Vince McMahon just stands in front of her before she goes on and just feeds off lines for her to say. Because when I feel like she gets in the ring, she's almost like a robot. Like everything's just so robotic and 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 scripted and it's just not what it's just not what she needs you know she's 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 talented enough to go out there and and sort of do it herself something's got to give andy because at the moment it's it's a match with two people i'm not really sure where their paths are where they're going and they're supposed to have a, a show stealing match at wrestlemania i think they will lose um come sunday i blooming hope they lose um and then you know maybe we can see some sort of, some sort of change but you know, you mentioned it there, Andy. We've only got five weeks, and and that's a very you know five SmackDowns. That's a very short amount of time. Se segments are only about normally between five and ten minutes, so that's about you know fifty minutes before WrestleMania to really sort of do something. And it just doesn't feel like it just doesn't feel like enough time. I feel like I don't know why they made Jackson and uh, Baszler choose them. I mean, there's other women you know yeah, on the roster. On you, you could yeah that you could spend the time on you know you don't need to keep coming over here and sort of interfering there the Reginald side I've got absolutely no idea where they're going with that I, I thought that would be done after the Carmella situation but clearly it's not there they're trying to use him maybe that they're, they're high on him for some sort of reason and it just feels like I, I I've lost the direction I don't know where we're going and, and I feel like when I look at them two in the ring I feel like they don't know where they're going I you know I look him I look at Bel Air and Banks in their segment on the KO show and, and I feel like they don't really have an idea where they're going either and, and that's a big problem when this is your your flagship match and, and could be the only women's title on the line you know depending what happens with with Oscar's current um, concussion issues so something needs to give and and I'm hoping at Fastlane that's the start I'm hoping like Rob said something like a, a, a Banks beatdown of Belair or or Sasha Banks just hurling abuse at Belair and Belair hits the KOD or something that just sparks something between the two. Um, but 
I, I don't know if I hold out much hope, Andy, because as you said, it's five weeks and it's going to have to be a very, very quick turnaround. Yeah, and uh, that's literally it for Fastlane in terms of matches that have been announced. Before we get on to NXT and AEW, we should mention possible matches that could take place. Uh, this uh, this coming Raw, this uh, tonight, it's going to be uh, Ali taking on uh, Riddle for the uh, US title, as well as the current tag team champions, the Hurt Business, Benjamin and Alexander, taking on the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Surely, lads, this is better for Fastlane, but they're both taking place on Raw. We mentioned before we went on the air, uh, one of you said that, well, they'll, they will do both on Fastlane. But I think, OK, well, how can you have two matches take place on Raw and then Fastlane? You can't have both matches end in a no contest because that's just pointless. Maybe have one match with legit finish and the other one, I understand, uh, with uh, a bit of shenanigans going on. But Rob, I mean, I'm all for these matches. It, they sound fine to me. Uh, Ali's been good recently with Retribution. Riddle's finding a bit of swagger about him with the US title Hurt Business is great want to see more of them but why are we doing this on Raw when Fastlane is literally six nights away he's just trying to get people to watch Raw isn't he because Raw is shit so you need to try and get people to watch it so they're adding title matches to it but the Raw Tag Team Championship match I have no interest in because this isn't I'm not slating the new day, but they are literally the only tag team really on Raw. <laughs> they obviously had plenty of matches towards the turn of the year when Hurt Business took the belts off them, but we're back to New Day again because they've realized they haven't got anyone else. They tried Lucha House Party briefly, oh but let's be honest, they're not a credible threat. So it's just the new day, the only raw tag team really that could challenge the Hurt Business, and that's quite embarrassing. I mean, SmackDown are kind of at least they're trying to improve their tag team division. You can see some tag teams coming together and they're trying to build some. Which aren't even bothers, are they? But I do love the Hurt Business. I do not want to see them drop the belts. Yeah, it makes it, why give them back to the New Day again? Just going back and forth, isn't it? But I'm excited for the, well, I say excited. The US title match could be a good match. Riddle and Mustafa Ali. Look, I don't like the Mustafa Ali retribution stuff. I never have and never will. He just needs to ditch them all together and just go back to being a singles competitor but I think it could be a very good match and I think that this is a match worthy to be on the far lane pay-per-view but as you said Andy it's very strange to have them both on Raw and then just chuck them on Fastlane again but this is Vince McMahon and I don't think he really cares at this point to be honest because people still pay for Fastlane won't they yeah but, um, yeah Raw just sucks and I I'll, cheer, I'll probably just skip to those two bash no I don't care about the Raw I'll watch the US title match that's probably all I'll watch on Raw tonight or unless when Bobby's on screen I'll watch when Bobby's on screen but apart from that I have no interest in watching Raw really at the moment so they pull their absolute finger out not got a single match on Fastlane or Mania card at the moment because Raw is abysmal. So. Indeed. But SmackDown is a beacon of hope. And uh, one thing I liked about this SmackDown uh, this past week is it feels like everyone, I've mentioned this before, everyone has a story. And with two hours runtime, you're able to really shorten things and put things on the show that actually warrant a place on the show. And I just feel like everyone has a story. Everyone from Otis and Gable to, of course, the big guns like Reigns, even Tamina and Natalia have a little thing going on as well. Uh, Cesaro and Seth Rollins, I'm really, really enjoying. I look forward to seeing what they do. Hopefully they'll save that for Mania. I hope that doesn't get wasted on Fastlane, otherwise I'll be very upset about that. Mm. Even Shinsuke Nakamura with that stare down with Reigns, yeah. just reminding everyone, hang on, no, I still have loyalty <laughs> to Cesaro. That's what we want to see, and that's why SmackDown is a far more enjoyable show. And it does come down to time with Raw. Uh, they, they just throw so much shit at it just to fill the runtime, and in the end, nothing sticks. 
uh, two segments for Shane and Braun. Yeah, I'm all for this match, but I think they need to do it a different way because it just <laughs> felt boring come the end of the night. And it's uh, yeah, it feels like it's been thrown together at the last minute, Raw, which you think for a three-hour show, there'd be a bit more prep for it. But um, yeah, I, I concur with you, Robbie. It does seem as though it's dragging us down a little bit. Uh, but not to end the episode on a downer, lads, because we should talk about some truly wonderful things that are going on on Wednesday nights, which just seems to be the place to be at the minute. And Connor, we're going to start with NXT because my word, a lot happened this Wednesday night. And uh, yeah, I'll let you take the floor, my friend. We certainly are, Andy. And NXT is a beacon of hope in WWE. I know we're happy with SmackDown, but this is the show that seems to deliver every single week. You mentioned any Wednesday nights. But for how much longer? There is some big, big rumours that NXT will be moving to Tuesday nights. Selfishly, I would love them to do that because it just makes it easier for my schedule instead of waking up on a Thursday. Trying to fit in Dynamite and NXT before going to work in the afternoon can prove to be quite difficult. So for my selfish point of view, I would love it to move to Tuesdays. And I also think they'll widen their audience because AEW watchers will be like, oh, you know what? NXT's moved to Tuesdays. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. And then uh, vice versa, the people that were watching NXT will go, oh, I'll watch AEW on a Wednesday. So I think for everyone, it would be a good thing. But I think WWE are thinking that they potentially would admit defeat if they moved NXT. I know they were very big with the whole ratings wars. But I think fall on your sword and move to Tuesdays and expand your watcher base. Andy, so much happened this Wednesday. I don't know where to start, but I think that where I will start will be with the two title matches. And I think the best place to start is the main event. It was Finn Balor. He defended his NXT championship against Adam Cole. We were a little bit worried. We've seen this so many times. Is it going to deliver? Of course it delivered. You're looking at two of the best male superstars on NXT. Um you know, at the moment, you know, you saw some the moves, the last shot, the Panama Sunrise. He managed to kick out of both before Adam Cole was spooked by Kyle O'Reilly's presence in the crowd. And uh, Finn Balor was able to hit the uh, Coup de Gras. Uh, sorry, yeah, Coup de Gras followed by the 1916. One, two, three. Finn Balor retained. It then proceeded for Kyle O'Reilly to attack Adam Cole. The referees had to break them up before finally it spilled backstage. It cut to Finn Balor standing in the ring before he uttered the words, you took your time, turned around, and Karrion Cross is there, staring him down. And finally, we get that match um, coming up, probably going to be at TakeOver. Rob, before we get to you know that potential match at TakeOver, your boys, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, the UE looks well and truly finished. Kyle O'Reilly getting a little bit of payback on Adam Cole, stopping Adam Cole when he went to low blow him and it looks like at takeover we are going to get a singles match between the two how are you feeling Robbie are you still mourning the the breakup of your favorite faction I am still mourning the breakup and they were brothers they were a family I felt like you and Andy aren't they they are but (laughs) I've never liked Andy at all so (laughs) but um it is sad but their match at TakeOver could well and truly... I mean, there's going to be some incredible matches. It's a TakeOver is going to wipe the floor with Mania at this rate with the card, the way it's shaping up. But that match could be absolutely incredible. I want to see blood in that match. 
I want to see mm. passion. I want to see emotion, the breakup of a family. Not quite to the level of Cody Dustin uh, a few years ago. Not quite to that extreme level because obviously they're not related by um, blood. But I want to see real passion in that match. I want to see them bleeding out at the end. And he could kind of breaks down in tears because he realised he's killed his old brother and it's hurt him to do so. But yeah, that match will be um, incredible. It really does. Obviously, it's heartbreaking that you have broken up, but it does open up the possibility of some matches which could be showstealing. And you would imagine it will be Cole O'Reilly at, at that takeover. And it could it could well because obviously takeover is um, two nights, isn't it? So two nights, you should mention. I mean, you would yeah, imagine the year. women's and men's title matches probably main event one night each. I could be wrong, but um, that match will be incredible between Cole and O'Reilly, and they've done it. They've done it very, very well. The breakup we've obviously questioned for a while when it would take place, but I think they've done a brilliant job of doing exactly that, and they'll be able to have that match in front of fans, so fans can really feel the emotion. I feel it could make me cry. I really do if they do it properly, because it will be a very emotional affair. But um, mm. yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that match and to take over as a whole. Andy, this match, you know, nothing's been announced. We don't know it's going to appear at Takeover. We just assume it. Two questions for you on this. You know, this match has to have some sort of stipulation in it, first of all, doesn't it, Andy? It's got to have some sort of hard-hitting stipulation. Like Rob said, blood, you know, kendo sticks, you know, trash cans, whatever. And secondly, this is surely worthy to main event one of the nights, isn't it? Uh, first question, yes, I, I, I look like a last man standing when I quit or, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, or maybe just a standard no DQ, uh, just so they can really, you know, exercise the boundaries of not just the in-ring stuff, but go outside the ring. You know, I love the feuds where it gets so heated that the ring can't contain them. And they have to go outside. That's when you know it. So and a, and a no DQ would be perfect or, a, you know, fool's cat anywhere, whatever. Something like that, I think, is perfectly uh, legitimate for that. And hopefully not enough to take away from the actual in-ring uh, prowess of both men. Because if it was just a straight one-on-one match, we know we'd be treated to a spectacle. But I think at TakeOver, there'll be plenty of just one-on-one single straight-up matches. So I think something needs to buff that out, a bit of uh, bit of something out of the box. I think that would do it. Um, as for main event, I'm not so sure. It's worthy to main event, 100%. But we don't know where the rest of the UE stand. I'm sure we will see it just a Cole O'Reilly match first, but we don't know where Bobby Fish stands. Roderick Strong, you know, he didn't appear either. Um, and like Robbie said, you'd imagine likelihood is one night will main event by the women, other main event will be the men in terms of the NXT titles, so Bala and Shirai. Therefore, you don't know where this match would really come into it. And to be quite honest with you, just because you're the main event, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best match on the card. We've seen plenty of cards uh, over the years where a mid-card match has actually stolen the show. You know, I think actually I'd say that Rob mentioned it there, Dustin and Cody. That wasn't the main event of uh, Double or Nothing, and yet that was easily the best match on that card. And so it doesn't need to be main event for it to uh, steal the show. And I think that uh, I think that it very well could steal the show. But we'll, me- we'll mention it now the possible main event between uh, Finn Balor and Karen Cross. Now that should be tasty. And that's something I've been crying out for ever since uh, Finn Balor won the NXT title a few months well, back. Well, this is, this is perfect because it's, it's going to lead straight onto it. Now, obviously cross appeared. Finn Balor said, you know, you took your time cross uttered the words TikTok as well. So this, you know, this is going to happen. It's going to happen at takeover. 
boys, I, I've changed. I've changed. I've changed my mind. You know, I was hot on carrying cross and now I am hot on Finn Balor. He is producing some of the best wrestling I have seen him in a long, long time. And I want him to retain at takeover. I know they're big on carrying cross. I know they've built carrying cross. I, I don't believe carrying cross has lost, but all streaks are there to be broken. And I want Finn Balor to win this. I think he is just hit absolutely new heights rob on our zoom chat here i can uh, call sorry i can see you nodding away vigorously are you along the along the same same lines as me i am connor i am it, it's a shame for going across because injuries and they can completely slow your momentum and it was a deep shame for him when he um obviously got injured after just winning the title off Keith Lee when he was at the top of his game. Since coming back, he still he still looks awesome. I wasn't sure about that Santos Escobar thing that he got involved in, but I maintain that his entrance is is one of the coolest things to see on NXT. But Finn is he's won us over over recent weeks. His match of Dunn and another incredible match of Cole is to show that he is one of the greatest England performers in the world. And he's, he's just, um, he's still very much has it when people question perhaps his best days were behind him. But um, regardless who comes out on top, that match will be in absolutely incredible. As Andy says, we've been crying out. For, I think we've just been waiting for it for a while now. Will we see the reappearance of, of the demon at long last? Because if he brings out the demon, then it would be a huge shock if Cross was to um, beat him. But obviously the demon hasn't appeared since he returned. To NXT, so whether that's a thing of the past, we're not entirely sure. But yeah, this current point, I would go Balor, especially given that I think uh, some other titles are going to change hands. Someone needs to retain, and I think at this current point, Finn is probably the best per- in the best position to retain his belt. But that could change because, well, I say change, we don't go that long to um, take over a month or so. So, but <laughs> that match will be brilliant, and I'm sure that will probably be the final image of Takeover. I'd be shocked. If, if it wasn't, because that match will be absolutely brilliant when it takes place. But two men with the greatest entrances in WWE come together, and I'm just excited to see it. Connor, again, the, these matches on TakeOver, they shit all over the matches that probably they really be on do. Mania. They just, really just do. better, I'm afraid. So, um, and I know you were crying out for Shirai to be on the Mania card. I <laughs> think she's better off being on the TakeOver card. not going to lie. You know what? I agree. And and we mentioned it. I mentioned it there earlier. And I'm, I'm going to say it again. You you feel like you know what path NXT are going mm. on. You feel like you've got an idea. You know where people are going. And you know the potential matches. And as we mentioned there at WrestleMania, we have absolutely no Scooby-Doo. And actually, I mentioned Scooby-Doo. We've got a follower on Twitter called Scooby-Doo. And I think you'll find that very funny, Andy. I will uh, shout out to him if he listens. I'm pretty sure he does. Andy, you mentioned it there earlier. You've been waiting for this match. The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Back to you. No, get it. Obviously, I'm, I'm really, really excited, mate. This has been something I've just, I've just, I just see it. You just see it. As soon as uh, Karen Cross debuted and Finn Balor came back to NXT, you just knew at some point their paths would cross. Not, no pun intended. Um, but uh, And of course, Cross got injured after winning the belt. And we knew at some point he would come back. Ever since he had to re- uh, relinquish the title, we knew he'd come back and we knew he'd come back for it at some point. I thought it would be straight away. Of course, he hasn't. He's, he's bided his time. Of course, you mentioned Bala said, where have you been? You know, what took you so long? And look, you know, it, it's the allure of the possibility of seeing the demon come back because Finn Balor has said on a number of occasions now that he, will, he he's really slowed down the whole demon gimmick. He hasn't brought it back in a long time. He hasn't brought it back since he's been on NXT. We haven't seen it since his main roster days. Uh, I think the last time he used it might have even been against Baron Corbin 
you know, on, on, the, on a random SummerSlam, I believe it was. So things like that, I think what put him in a position where he thought, I'm not going to use this gimmick as much because it does lose a bit of the special specialness, you know. I think you, um, and you, absence makes the heart grow fonder and I've certainly missed the demon gimmick. And you know what? I think seeing the demon versus Karen Cross, the darkness that that match would invoke, you know, the interactions with Scarlett, it would all just work so well and would fit, I think, NXT to an absolute T. And um, yeah, I think they should just go all in on it now. You know, we know where everyone's paths are. And this is what I love about Dynamite and NXT. With NXT, you sort of know where they're going. Of course, there'll be shocks here and there, but you know where they're going mm. and you know it will deliver. With Dynamite, you never know what's coming and they always deliver anyway, even though you don't know. So it's a nice divide between knowing a direction where they're going and knowing it's going to be mm. great and not knowing a direction, and, but still knowing it's going to be great. And it's a nice divide. That's why I love the Wednesday nights so yeah. much. And that's why I hope that NXT do move to Tuesday simply because their programming is so good it doesn't deserve to lose yeah. a ratings battle yeah. and I hate seeing fans on social media say oh Dynamite it's so much such a divide and it really annoys me it's like no 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 you should be appreciating both products and I feel like if NXT mm. was to move it wouldn't be a loss really it would just be an ability for them as we mentioned Connor for them yeah. to get new fans and get the viewers they deserve because it pains yeah. me that Raw gets more ratings than both Dynamite and uh, NXT and I know that is based on institutionalised uh, viewership people just watch Raw because Monday Night Raw is one of the long t- longest serving flagship. TV shows uh, exactly it's their flagship show if you, actually, if you actually watch each show you know for a fact that NXT and Dynamite spanks Raw on every single occasion. And uh, I hope they do move nights because this current NXT product just deserves so much more attention than it gets. 100%. And Andy, I just wanted to flag what you said there about, about Scarlett. I think it was very good that you brought her up because Karrion Cross's gimmick doesn't go the full hog if she's not a part of it. She is yeah. a huge, huge part of the gimmick. You know, Rob, you said it's one of your favourite entrances. She's a massive part of that entrance. In fact, arguably, she's she's the main event because you actually see her more than you actually do carrying cross. And I think I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, when are you going to use her in the ring? I don't think she needs to. I think she, she's got the perfect gimmick at the moment. She works absolutely perfectly with carrying cross. And without her, he loses part of the spark and the sparkle that they get. And and I know they are in a relationship outside of WWE, which obviously helps with the chemistry. Um, but I, I think it works absolutely perfectly. And I'm sure she'll 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 be doing something along the ringside when that match finally happens. And I look very much forward to it. I realised on my intro there, I made a mistake. I said two title matches. It was actually three title matches this week because they announced, one of William Regal's big announcement was that NXT are getting their own women's tag team titles, which I'm absolutely delighted about because as we know, the women's division in NXT is the best in you know, professional wrestling by an absolute mile. They've also added some new recruits there. We've seen Zoe Stark over the couple of weeks. She looks very good. And they've also got a few behind uh, closed doors, which they're training up in the performance center. So it's only going to get larger. I'm not going to touch too much on this. Um, obviously, the tag team titles happened. There was a massive shock. Um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez losing their titles to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. A lot of people saying they don't know why that happened, but I, I'm with you, Andy. I don't mind it. I think it's quite good. I think it uses Ember and Shotzi perfectly and allows Raquel to go after the women that we have been calling for to happen for so long for her to go after the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai. Io Shirai, who retained her title against Tony Storm in a fantastic match. Again, I mean, I know I say it every week and I'm, I'm going to keep it brief, but Io Shirai is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, again, 
fantastic match, a fantastic result. Boys, if TWM Wrestling ever need any articles going about Io Shirai on a, on a freelance <laughs> basis, just chuck them at me because I will blow smoke up her ass proverbially because she's absolutely amazing. And again, just stole the show for me. And then I loved it. I thought Raquel would be going after Io, but I absolutely loved that Io, you know, how small she is when she's looking up at Raquel Gonzalez and just says, I want you next. And I just think that is a, an, an epic edge Unfortunately, Raquel is probably going to win. And I, I, get, I get that. I think fair enough. You know, that's how it should be. But I love the fact that they went for the angle of EO going after Raquel. I think that's just such a good angle. There's so much there to digest, Andy. We'll, we'll, we'll park the, the tag team titles to, to one side. I think we can talk about them um, another time um, because obviously we'll want to get to AEW afterwards. First of all, what did you think of the match? And second of all, what did you were you like me? Were you surprised that EO decided to go after Raquel? No, I'm not at all surprised because I mean this is what we've been calling out for, and this is what they've been booking Raquel for. We remember back at War Games, she pinned the champion, she pinned Shirai. And after that, there was a real lull of attention on that. They didn't really mention it. Of course, they went there, not separate ways, but they had other things going on. You know, Dakota was involved in a, a feud in which, you know, Raquel got involved with the likes of Ripley and co. And um, it just seemed to go on the back burner for a while. But we kept mentioning it on this podcast because we knew they're not going to do something like that and not have it come back in some form or another. And we knew that Raquel was being booked strongly. Of course, uh, you mentioned the tag titles. They won them by proxy after winning the Dusty Classic. Lost them later on to Shotzi and uh, and Moon. Who took the pin? Dakota Kai, not Raquel Gonzalez. Why? Because they knew that they were going to groom her for this women's title match at TakeOver. It's interesting to know, actually, at TakeOver, um, there's been no matches announced yet, but I think we could pretty much assume that that one's going to take place on that card. You're not gonna, she's not going to say, I want you next, and then have it next week on NXT. She's not going to go down like and that. And then she's it's Mercedes Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Martinez or Caden Carter or whoever. Yeah, it's... um. It's so obviously going to happen. I th- I'm just really excited for it. You know, we, we see Shirai take on uh, Tony Storm this week. Great match. Really enjoyed it. And it just makes me really excited because I think, look at what Shirai can do. And I'm almost, I'm a bit like you, Connor, in that I, I almost feel bad that Shirai's probably going to lose her title. We could all be left with egg on our face. It could end up being that Raquel does lose and they've just built up this monster for actually Shirai to conquer. And then Shirai just looks like an absolute hero. That could happen. I really wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. But I think the way they're going with it, you know, Shirai has almost reached the summit of her reign. And I don't want to see her go on a downward spiral where it just feels like she's just champion just because. I think with Raquel, they've got something new, interesting. And um, yeah, she hasn't really been touched recently and uh, it's really exciting to see where it goes. But uh, they've got a good five weeks now to just build this, build this, build this, keep Gonzalez looking like an absolute beast. And uh, Shirai really doesn't need to do much now. She's proven herself again by being Tony Storm, who looked great, by the way, I should mention. Yes, she did. And, she um, very, very good. And uh, yeah, very excited for this one. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Before I get to you, Robbie, it's a very interesting point you, you make there, Andy. I would... Do you remember back, oh, this was a while ago now, the Great American Bash when Io Shirai took on Sasha Banks? You didn't really get that, you didn't really get that clean match because it was the time when she had Bailey and Bailey was doing the shenanigans. I think Oscar ended up coming in and helping Io Shirai. But from that day, I thought, wow, that is a serious match. And if you build that match at a different time, 
at a different place, that could be something amazing. So I'm going to chuck it out there. I think Raquel will beat EO at um, at a takeover. Yeah. EO will move, hopefully go to SmackDown. And somewhere down the line, I want to see Sasha Banks versus EO Shirai for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't know when that's going to be. And I, I'm not saying that's chalking off Bel Air. I don't know yeah. if they're going to go down the route of Bel Air. I don't, I, I don't know. But somewhere down the line, I want to see Sasha Banks versus Io Shirai for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And you can quote me on that. But back to the, the time being now, Robbie, what did you think of the match, first of all, between Io Shirai and Tony Storm? And then, like I asked Andy, what do you think about Shirai calling Gonzalez out? Um, the match with Storm, I thought, was a very, very good match. I wasn't entirely pleased when I knew it was going to happen because I didn't want to see poor Tony get pinned because I'm a huge Tony Storm fan. But I thought she looked really good match and obviously despite losing I maintain the stance that she has a, a bright bright future in NXT because she's only just getting started and the tendency is that we've just mentioned there Shirai may move up in the future so there's always room for superstars to grow on NXT which is the best thing about it but it was a very good match and again you boys have said it Shirai was absolutely brilliant but she is a fool to call out Gonzalez because she will get <laughs> killed at takeover, <laughs> no, I, I could, I could see her beating Gonzalez. I, I could, yeah. because it seems, I'm guessing takeover is going to have fans. Seems unfair that it won't if Mania has. So, um, it would be, it would be. I mean, I want Gonzalez to win. I don't know. I've made it abundantly clear that I want her to be the next champion. But it seems very harsh on Shirai that she's held the belt for the majority of the pandemic year and then she'll lose it on the first show in front of fans. But hey-ho, that's that's the business, I'm afraid. You know, but I could see them going the opposite way completely. I mean, the Kai could cost Gonzalez the match or something. They could go down having Gonzalez kill Kai first and they could mm. go again in the future, but... I'm thinking. I was thinking. I wonder if that will happen. They'll just. I wonder if they might do that. She just but, kills Kai. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it'd be strange. Kai get involved because Kai would get killed by Gonzalez if they have a match. Let's be honest. Poor Dakota. Yeah. She she does suffer a lot. I'm still a huge fan of her, but she's the one taking the pins a lot of time because they are booking Gonzalez so strongly. But that match again, I'm so excited for. I've been waiting for it a long time. I mean, I'm I just excited sat here talking about Takeover. I mean. Mania, I'm dreading it. Well, not dreading it, but I'm worried the card's going to be shit. But in NXT, I know the card's going to be absolutely incredible. And fans are going to be treated on their return to see some absolutely brilliant matches. It could well shape up to be one of, if not the greatest takeover ever. You look at the two main title matches, Shirai versus Gonzalez, we've been waiting for, Bala versus Cross, we've been waiting for, uh, O'Reilly versus Cole, will be legendary. Mm. I think they're going to do... Gargano, Gargano Loomis, which I'm hugely excited for. That'd be a brilliant match as well. And then there's obviously so much space with the two nights that you can show off the talent that they have. And obviously, you've got your NXT Women's Tag Team Championships as well. It could be a brilliant, brilliant two nights of wrestling and probably overshadow Mania the way it's going because the matches on the NXT TakeOver card are simply better and will probably be built better than the ones on the Mania cards. So I'm just so excited I really am. The more we talk about it, the more excited I am for NXT TakeOver. It's going to overshadow for I me. Mean, it just it just will, I'm afraid, Vince. And then you're going to take them all off. You'll take Shirai off and plunk her in some shitty tag team on Raw or something because you're an idiot. Because you do that, you butcher NXT talent when they come up. But 
that, that, that was, no, sure, I shouldn't leave. You should lose the title. You should stay. Stay where it's safe. Stay. Stay. It is safe. Bring, it is a safe. Bring well, you, you, you gave your response. I realised I, I, I said my, my quote and didn't allow you to respond. But, Rob, you have a... No, no, no. I, I would there. love to see Shirai go to SmackDown. I would love to. But there, it's my concern that going to main was a mistake. I mean, Rhea Ripley hasn't been seen since supposedly she's going to join the main roster. So it mm. scares me whenever they're gone and someone is extremely talented to Shirai who could do big things. But you look at Kari Sane and Oscar, who obviously were brilliant next to the Oscar especially, they've just struggled very true. on, on very main true. roster. But if used correctly, then she, she is an incredible, incredible in-ring performer. But she might not lose her belt, take off, as I mentioned. But exactly, she may return. at the moment, I would go with Gonzalez to win, especially given that I think... The, the men's championship battle will yeah. retain. So I think one of them will change hands. And I think that's the one most likely to change hands. But we shall see over the next few weeks. I would like to agree with you there, Rob. But Andy, I, I want Shirai to win. I'm gonna I'm not gonna hold any bones about it. I want no, her to I, win. I want her to retain her title. Um, not I'm not ready I'm not ready to see I'm not ready to see the reign of Eo Shirai end on NXT. I'm really not. That's fair enough. I'm not really hoping to see either result. I, I don't particularly mind which result we get because mm. I think there are pros for both and not yeah. a lot of cons really for either, no. which is good. Agreed. It's only pros, which is great. As long as they do it well Agreed. and have a good match, I don't really care. Quite happy. Yeah. Rob, very interesting there. You touched on Gargano versus Loomis. It looks like that will be your North American title match at TakeOver. Um, it's been a very odd build-up. Mm. Austin Theory has suddenly become infatuated by Dexter Loomis after being kidnapped Indy Hartwell seems to fancy him and Gargano is really the only person that doesn't like him. And uh, there is a match now between Austin Theory and Loomis this week after Austin Theory found out that Loomis uh, didn't like his abs, which uh, Johnny Gargano made up. But there you go. That's that's just professional wrestling for you, isn't it? But again, that looks like that's going to be your North American title match. We know Johnny, you know, he always delivers at a takeover. Whatever happens, if he's putting talent over, if he's putting himself over, he always delivers and they will have a fantastic match if that happens. And there is one more thing I want to touch on before I hand back to our amazing professional host, Andrew Goldman. It is that Jordan Devlin is going to be returning to NXT this week. The rightful cruiserweight champion for our listeners that that don't know or don't remember Jordan Devlin was your cruiserweight champion he was coming over from the UK over and then obviously the pandemic hit there was the travel ban he got stuck in 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 Ireland William Regal said well we can't not have the cruiserweight title obviously they had the whole tournament Santos Escobar won it he's been retaining ever since and he found out this week the rightful cruiserweight champion Jordan Devlin will be returning and he wasn't happy Andy he cornered Mr. Regal and uh, allowed his uh, Legado del Fantasma to go out and have a tag match without him as he tried to reason with with William Regal. But Jordan Devlin is returning. I mean, I mean, what what do we see happening here, Andy? Well, I see a match, a, a unification type match between him and Santos for the who was the rightful cruiserweight champion. You know, what? this is the shot in the arm that the cruiserweight title division absolutely needed because that is the one part of NXT which I really am sad to say I don't have that much interest in whenever they no, appeared on... Uh, they weren't even on the previous uh, NXT uh, Vengeance Day takeover. They weren't even on the card, I don't believe. Um, and so it's just a case of finding someone that has a legitimate reason to get involved in that uh, particular division and not just shoehorning someone in. And I think Jordan Devlin is the perfect man to do that. 
whether you know him or not, you won't, you won't, you'll definitely remember him now. He's someone who trained with Finn Balor as a youngster, has all mm-hmm. the tools to be a real star. Very small, but hey, he's a cruiserweight. That's exactly what those guys are. Even though Santos is quite a big fella, um, doesn't really make sense, but I know it'll be a great match. And that is the sort of thing that I want to see because it will just make me interested in the cruiserweight title, something which I haven't really been interested in since it came back in like 20, I don't know, no, 16. It's been that. something that's been mm. very, very underbooked, underdelivered, and um, seems to affect all the previous champions. You look at yeah. Enzo Amore, uh, Rich Swan, TJ Perkins, all these guys have won the title and gone very soon after. So I'd mm. like to think that now they could turn a corner and make the cruiserweight division something that people look at and say, yes, that is a great part of NXT, much like the uh, women's division and much like the main eventers. So, uh, yeah, definitely look forward to seeing that match at TakeOver. It should be on the card. Night one, night two, don't care. Uh, and I'd like to see Devlin retain because I think he is someone that you can really build the brand around. Happy happy to have Devlin back, Robbie. Oh, I am. I love myself a bit of John <laughs> Devlin. The man is head. <laughs> I love it. when he won that fatal foray, which he won the title at Worlds Collard, I think what last year was incredible. That, yeah, that match was, was class. Really good. And I, I was so frustrated when obviously he had to he well, the title was given to someone else. So only obviously he hasn't been on television for a long, long time on NXT because I thought he was really finding his stride. But this match you would imagine, as Andy said, will be a take of it. has potential to be another show, Steeler. It really does. Yeah. NXT, the, the card is shaping up magnificently. And I completely agree with Andy. I've not really been invested in the Cruiserweight division, but this match could mm. be, could be brilliant. Up. Yeah, and I would have Devlin beat Escobar, especially as given that Escobar is just off the back of a defeat yeah. cross. I, th- I think it would be a, a good time to get Devlin back on board, and I'm a huge yeah. Dawn De- Devlin fan. And Andy, as you mentioned there about SmackDown, everyone has a storyline. Everyone on NXT now has a storyline. Mm-hmm. They look like they've rebuffed their tag teams. They've got a good plethora of tag teams. You now have Imperium trying to get Timothy Thatcher to join and then offering saying, listen, if you if you want to bring Champa, you can bring Champa. But if he if he, you know, if any sort of funny business, we get him straight out. There's their storyline. You've got the, the Zia Lee thing with Caden Carter and um Casey Catanzaro. Again, they've got they've got their stories. You know, everyone, like you mentioned, everyone seems to have some sort of story. Even Isaiah Swerve Scott has got, you know, he's got a story going on as well. Everyone's busy. Everyone's ticking, you know, ticking along. And and that's what you want because then, you know, you you, you rock up, you watch it and you think, oh, yeah, Zia Lee, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. Oh, yeah. You know, Jordan Devlin coming back, it, it boosts it up. And everyone has a storyline. And, and that is something that is so important for, for something like NXT. Nobody feels forgotten and no wonder you know the likes of Alistair Black have asked to go back because you know you you, you get looked after you get storylines and you, you are able to rebuild your career you've only got to look at your NXT champion right now Finn Balor to see how that happens when Bray Wyatt killed him at SummerSlam you know we all thought oh that's it you know that's it he's finished you know the Fiends killed him we're not going to see him again he's gone back he he's become the prince again that new edge and everyone has a storyline and that is exactly what we love to see yeah and the boom tag team champion after Shotzi Blackheart yeah you know you know just MSK when you think... rocked up on uh, this Wednesday as well didn't they so you know exactly everyone's everyone's you know, doing something it, everyone everyone's doing something Pete Dunne you know yeah murdered Atlas emphatic yeah. win and and calling people <laughs> out you know Lorcan and Birch giving them the tag team titles is the best thing they've done they were just jobbers and now you see them as the champions you know you think yeah fair enough even um in 
What's their faces? Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I can't remember their uh, Breezango. Their tag team name. Breezango. There you go. Even they. Even they got involved and got in part of a storyline. And everyone's busy. Everyone's doing something. And that is just what you want to see. And long may that continue. Right back to you, Andrew, for the the rivals on Wednesday night. AEW. Indeed, all Elite Wrestling. It's the fallout really from uh, hmm, Revolutions. Interesting ending. We're not really going to talk too much about that because I think we can all agree that actually they're doing a quite a decent job at making light of it, making it part of the storyline, which they had to do. If they didn't do that, then it, they'd have just looked like complete, uh, complete idiots. Uh, I'm glad they did. Uh, everything they're doing with Moxley and Kingston is very entertaining. And uh, Robbie said he'd be very excited to see them possibly tag team uh, at some point yes. in the near future. And uh, I'd certainly like to see that as well. I'm uh, not going to talk about that. Though. We're going to talk about two specific uh, parts of the show or a future part of the show for one of them. We're going to start now with the ending, though, of Dynamite. Uh, this past week, the Inner Circle's War Council meeting. This was something that was announced on Revolution following MGF and Jericho's loss to the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. Jericho said in that interview with uh, Marvez, going to have a War Council meeting. You know, we're going to find out what's going on wrong with the Inner Circle. MGF was very steady looking at the camera the entire time, not giving anything away and said something has to change. Anyway, fast forward a few days to Wednesday night. We saw uh, the members of the Inner Circle come out minus Wardlow which wasn't explained. I assumed he uh, wasn't on the card, yada, yada. Uh, anyway, they start talking. And uh, who do we see? Sammy Guevara makes his return after not being allowed to wrestle on Impact for whatever reason. Uh, he turned up, very happy to see him. He cut a great promo on Chris Jericho saying, oh, you know, he's not what you think, yada, yada. Bit of video evidence he shows. He sets up a camera in the Inner Circle's locker room and it seems as though MGF and uh, the usual suspects, Jake Hager, Santana and Ortiz, have a plan to get rid of Chris Jericho and it all seems very interesting they all turn on Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara they both look it's all like we're gonna have a fight the inner circle is gonna implode in front of our eyes MGF's done it his plan has worked he has rooted out the inner circle and then what happens gents the members turn around and they face MGF the lone little man in his corner went to the corner and cowered like a bug very entertaining to see and the inner circle was all on par it seems as though the whole Guevara thing was a big setup the entire time and they knew it was going to happen MGF crying in the corner said something along the lines of I've made my own moves lights go down and who do we see ladies and gents we see FTR we see Tully Blanchard we see Wardlow and we see Sean Spears MGF has pulled a fast one on the inner circle they attacked them Jericho gets busted open beaten with a bat taken to the stage power bombed off and you're left with the final image of a new faction in AEW headed up by MJF. Oh, lots to talk about. Robbie, you very much enjoyed this. I know you did. What part of this do you love the most? I just I'm just obsessed with MJF mm. and the, the man, the man is my kryptonite. I think he is <laughs> brilliant. And I'm meant to hate him, but I simply can't. The image of him just sat on the top rep, just watching it all unfold in front of him. I think JR, JR and Tony did brilliant commentary for that i have to shout out to them they did it told it brilliantly but they pointed mjf just sat there staring at the carnage his new his new team demolishing the weak pathetic inner circle <laughs> that they have become but no that that faction is this it's, it's cool and they, I, I use it a lot but it's just cool Tully Blanchard is a cool cool oh, man, man. <laughs> ft obviously they lost the belts we weren't quite sure where they're going but i think this is a brilliant step in the right direction i really do wardo look like an absolute maniac and you know he will kill anyone 
he's in the ring with. He's going to go and do big things. And of course, the chairman, Sean Spears, with his blonde mohawk. Didn't recognise him at first. I have say yeah. blonde mohawk. But it was it was um, great to see him because he's a wrestler that I've advocated for and needs to be used more. And I'm a huge fan of his. And the way he um, threw Sammy Guevara through the chair was absolutely brutal. Living up to his name of the chairman. But I just loved this this ending. And I thought it was so... So, so good. And you imagine that's the stall I'm going to have. Could we have a similar to last year at Double or Nothing? Another stadium stampede sort of match, maybe a massive a massive tag team match or something. We're not quite sure, but that's what I imagine what's going to happen. The inner circle seems a, a face now, I imagine. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting. I mean, they have to have done a few of these. And you've got this new faction, which has evolved under the leadership of the king that is Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, who can do... No wrong, but I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. And into the, I had question marks for Tony after in Revolution, but he, he has won me over once again. I'm I'm always his after after that ending. <laughs> it was it was it was incredible. It was just brilliant, brilliant storytelling, which is what I love to see. I've been on the edge of my seat, and it was one of the greatest images only to end the dynamite i think and it's just a shame that there weren't fans inside to appreciate that moment because it was truly truly brilliant but no i'm i'm, gl- I'm glossing now andy but i, I loved it I, yeah. nothing but the tip of my hat and uh, indeed very good storytelling i'm glad you mentioned what kind of match they'll have because do you remember back in oh god just before the pandemic started we were meant to have a blood and guts match between the elite and matt yes. hardy taking on the inner circle how about then mgf's new faction and the inner circle in a blood and guts match it's oh my word fans that will by then. is phil that is vile yeah. and that you know insane. i can totally see the inner circle turning face chris jericho is a great face yeah. Jake Hague could do it. I think they all could do it. I think they I could think they play could. Tanner or Ortiz, yeah, they'd be able to do it. And Connor, you know, I mentioned it literally earlier on, the unpredictability of Dynamite and how they do it so well. They keep secrets so well. It seems in wrestling nowadays, everything's out in the open. We know how the business leaked. works. Everything gets leaked. And yet AW have an uncanny ability at keeping things very quiet. You know, we didn't know Christian Cage was going to sign Sting. We don't know he was coming back. All these things that happen, we have no idea about. Uh, the big show, Paul White, great example. No one knew he was going to rock up. And all of a sudden, they release a press statement saying he's going to join. Did you honestly think that that was going to happen? Because we saw on the on the uh, Revolution show when we reviewed it, we thought MGF was going to turn the inner circle against Chris Jericho and then they'd have a singles feud. But that didn't happen. We got a new faction. Did you see that coming at all? No, no. I had absolutely no idea. I, I knew that they'd break up and I knew MJF would be like the reason for it, but I had absolutely no idea he was going to get a faction of his own. And it has been done to absolute perfection from him cowering in the corner to the, I think the only problem was the lights were off for a little bit too long. But other than that, done to absolute perfection. Well, no, because I'm saying it was done to absolute perfection. I've got to go, you know, really deep down. And and like you mentioned, they're just little things like the chairman Sean Spears when he gets when he puts the chair around Guevara's neck and then ends up throwing it into the corner. Little things like that. But and then putting Chris Jericho through the quad. I mean, fifty-year-old man, he puts his body through anything, doesn't he? I mean, yeah. no wonder he keeps in great shape. Um, but again, isn't it? It's it, it's Chris Jericho and his unselfish ability to put people over. And again, he's he's made MJF look a million dollars once again. And no, I had absolutely no idea. And, and our good friend of the pod, Maddie Ronkowski, I don't know if you saw her reaction yeah. in the background. She couldn't believe it. And it's just the perfect, you know, it summed up everyone's reaction. No one had any 
idea that this was going to happen, apart from the man himself, Tony Khan. And, and to keep it quiet and to do it that well, oh, amazing. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm waiting now for Dynamite just so I can purely see what happens there because, oh, it's just done to perfection. And, and I, I, you know, I was critics of FTR when they had their titles. I wasn't sure of the direction they're going in. They got this new edge. I absolutely love it. Yeah, Tully Blanchard is, is fantastic. I mean, he's, he's brilliant at what he does. And they brought back Sean Spears, a man I've wanted to see for, for ages. And obviously Wardlow's an absolute, he's a monster. He's a mountain. So you stick him in anything, you know, he'll do a job for you. And MJF, we all know. I mean, I don't know if you saw oh, this week. He, he did a uh, he did an interview with, with another friend of the pod, Alex McCarthy, on that Wrestling Daily yeah. And they were, I know word of a lie, they were on for about 30 seconds and MJF was already chucking out the insults. He said to uh, Alex McCarthy, it looks like you've shaved your pubes and stuck them on your chin. And it's just little things like that which just make me laugh because the man never breaks character and it just works so well, so well. So I am beyond excited for this. And I can't wait to see where it goes. Indeed. And he's such a good heel, as I mentioned. It does make Jericho all of a sudden such an over baby face. I, I bet you 100% Chris Jericho had the idea to do that shot where he was bleeding from the head, reached for the bat on the ground, and Spears stepped on his hand. I guarantee you that was Chris Jericho all over because it reminded me of the uh, the uh, Festival of Friendship back on Raw a few years ago, which was the best segment ever. Uh, it, just, it, just, it just reeked of Chris Jericho, this segment, and in a good way. It was a good reek. It was a great stench of Jericho. And uh, I'm thoroughly excited to see where it goes, lads, because like I mentioned, a blood and guts match or something like that would be beautiful and fans I'm sure will be in arenas by the time that rocks up uh, the next paper will be double or nothing put it on there put it on the card MGF and his new faction what they'll, they'll be called we don't know uh, look forward to hearing that and it just feels like everyone now has something to do Sean Spears FCR, you know, they were sort of in limbo a little bit, especially Sean Spears, didn't know where they fit in. But it's the history between the guys as well. Sean Spears, of course, has tag teams with FTR before due to his collaboration with Tully Blanchard. Uh, MGF has history with all men, uh, both good and bad. And it just fits so very well. I'm thoroughly excited for this. Look forward to seeing where it goes. And last but by no means least, lads, some good news for the AEW's women's division. I'm not going to go into too much detail about our, how critical we've been over the uh, past, well, year, really, of this division. It's been no secret just when it looks to be going well. Another thing happens, which means it goes downhill. But it does seem now that they're really trying to get us invested in their women's division. How do I know this? Well, this coming Wednesday, uh, AEW Dynamite's, what is it called? St. Patrick's Day Slam. It's a special edition to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Slam, yeah. St. Paddy's Day Slam. A special edition of Dynamite, which will be headlined by a women's unsanctioned lights out match between Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Not to mention that Jade Cargill will also be wrestling on the card earlier on the night. Plus, tonight's AEW Dark Elevation will be main evented by Riho versus Maki Ito, which is great. Thoroughly enjoy the idea of that happening because Maki is hilarious. Her singing is great. And Riho is Riho. She is so, small, so funny. But she's great. And so, yeah, women are main eventing AW programming, the first ever elevation, which will be a historic um, show, main evented by women. And the St. Patrick's Day special will be headlined by Thunderosa and Britt Baker. Lads, finally, they seem to be doing something. Rob, you looking forward to this main event? I am. I'm over. The bloody moon see it take place. I hope they take chunks out of each other. We are fans oh, of were. both the women involved. Oh, I want them to kill each other. 
Andy, I really do. I hope it is done properly because they have butchered some of the women's matches in the past. But I, I, I really do think it's going to be an incredible, incredible match. And the fact it's done such a match, obviously the issue that they have had is that at times people tend to take a break from Dynamite when the women's segments are on. You should not look away for this because this could be absolute carnage and will be carnage. Uh, I want Brit to win simply because I want her to win this. Look, a million bucks, then she can move on to Sheeta and mm. double in nothing. It just it makes sense to me, Andy. Tony may have another plan. Tony is a man with many plans, and he has more <laughs> plans than me, and he knows what he's doing. But I think that would be a good route to go down. I love Thunder Rosa to pieces, but she's obviously already faced Sheeta in the past. I know Connor would obviously love to see it a match again, but I think Britt is, is the obvious choice at the moment. I look at her as someone who should be first in line for a shot at Sheeta with double and nothing. I don't really see who else they could have a her face um, at this current point, but I'm so excited for Andy and finally get to see Jay Carr go in action as yep. well, building on her good momentum that she got after that, that victory in the mixed tag team match that she had, where she looks really, really good. So good to see that she is on television again this week. I imagine she'll pick up another victory in whoever she's faced against whoever she's facing. So it steps in the right direction. And it seems Tony is, is making strides. It could, well, the week after, there is no women's segments, depending on how this goes, but I'm confident they've got two women in Baker and Rosa who are extremely, extremely talented, so I'm sure this will be be a legendary moment. And it's changing. I'm going to say it's a turning point in the women's division, AEW. And if AEW complete the women's division, then boom, job done, because everything else is just superb at the moment. So it's simply that women's division. But Tony is seems to be slowly rectifying it but we'll have to wait and see but no i'm excited for that show on wednesday and it's another brilliant card that we have to look forward to absolutely jay cargo in action main event of elevation main event of dynamite connor this must be a hard one for you Britt baker versus thunder rosa two of your very favorites going at it i mean robbie said Britt baker he'd like to see win and take on shooter at some point in the future do you share that or would you rather see thunder have another go at uh, the uh, the champion well before i go into that andy you mentioned jay cargo I mean, she looked phenomenal against um, Red Velvet in that, well, in that mixed tag match, but obviously was against Red Velvet. I mean, the, the, the physique on her is is mental. I've never seen anyone that jacked before. It's, it's unbelievable. And she can just use that to her advantage and become an absolute powerhouse in the women's division. And I'm all for seeing it. But back to the real question, Andy. And, I, and like you mentioned with Io and Raquel, I do not care who wins because i love both of them equally and i would be happy to see either of them win i would be happy to see either of them go after Sheeda, and i can't call it some weeks i think they're going to push Britt baker and then she loses and i go oh what's going on there and then i think oh they're going to go for thunder rosa and then she loses and i'm like oh so i don't know where we're going to go and either of them i'm just so stoked for this match and it's my two favorite Women's wrestlers on AEW going at it in an unsanctioned lights out match. If Britt Baker doesn't lose teeth, I'm rioting. You know, that's terrible storying from Tony Khan if she doesn't yeah. lose some teeth in there. You know, Thunder Rosa's from, from the graves of Tijuana. She is built for matches like this. She's got an MMA background, but Britt Baker, we know you've seen her with a smashed up nose against Sheeta before. She carries on like an absolute warrior. I mean, this match. He's gonna, I'm hoping this match is like the women's version of the Moxley Omega one that we had. 
back, um, you know, last year or yeah. whenever it was. I mean, something along those lines. I want it to be brutal. It's lights out. It's unsanctioned for a reason. And remember what Tony Khan said. He said, I will only make um, those unsanctioned lights out matches for special events. I'm not going to overdo it. And when I do it, it's going to absolutely steal the show. And I hope he stands by that. But I know what you want, Andy. You want me to pick a winner. Am I going to give it to you? I will after you give me your winner. I will, I will, I will tease it out because uh, I love both these women. I, I make no two ways about it. I'm going to go straight on after this, and when we when we announce the podcast, I'm going to be atting them both and 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 blowing smoke up of it because I am so so excited for this match. And it had to come on St Patrick's Day, didn't it, for the Irish yes. heritage in me as well for me to love. So uh, I'll be sitting there with it with a pint of Guinness. I'll be watching with absolute excitement. I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm going Britt Baker, Connor, to answer your question. I think it's just it just makes sense. She's uh, She's been with AEW since the very start. We've seen her have a great gimmick change uh, where she went from face to heel. And she just rarely, rarely disappoints. And I think she's one of the very best talkers, which, of course, is something she does have over Sheeda. She always backs up in the ring. But in terms of that character, I think Britt's there. Yeah. And I, I need to see that at Double or Nothing. I want to see Britt take on Sheeda. And you know what? I'm not all for just seeing one woman's match on a card now. Once I've seen two, once I see Jay Cargo in action, once I see uh, Rio and uh, Mackie on elevation, once I see the main event, the lights out unsanctioned match between Rosa mm. and uh, Britt, I'm going to want to see more women's match on the card. It's not good enough just having one, Tony. And hopefully we're going to find not, that out on Wednesday. Andy, and, and I think with Jay Cargo, I think it's going to be a squash match. So I don't really think you're going to see it for that long. But yeah, it's, it's we'll a see. match on the card. It plants the seed, doesn't it? So... I am uh, probably a bit annoyingly for our listeners. I am going to agree with both of you. I think Britt Baker will win. Um, I think it is her time. I think Sheeda has been a great champion. She's been a champion for a while, but I think it's time we, we, we move it on now. We move it on to Britt Baker, but I hope this match shuts up that old twat Jim Cornette who can't move into the 21st century that women can wrestle and aren't just there to be leered at and looked at. He's an old fart who should not be in the wrestling industry anymore. He's very it's disgusting. Of, uh, it's disgusting the stuff he's been throwing at Makiito of late. It's absolutely disgusting. She's a young woman trying to make her way in wrestling, and the stuff he's been throwing at her is absolutely disgusting. And so Ford I as want well. He's them very awful to Matthew Ford recently as well. And she yeah, calling her a slut, wasn't he, or something, Andy? Something, not, not literally that word, but basically, yeah. Yeah. It was got so bad that Miro had to actually tweet him and say, yeah. I will come around and beat the shit out of you, which I would love to see. Make that a match, Tony <laughs> Khan. Make that a match, yeah. Miro versus Jim Cornette. But real. No, no, no <laughs> scripting. Miro to kill him. So I'm hoping for another reason, you know, that these women show off what they can do because people need to move into the 21st century. And this is perfect. This match, I think, will seal the show. And I just hope they don't let me down. Good stuff. And uh, that, that brings us right up to date, gents. Uh, of course, our next episode of Monday Night Gore will uh, be looking really at, uh, at Fastlane, which, you know, we'll see. And I'm, I'm glad actually we, we ended on talking about NXT and Dynamite because otherwise we've had a very depressing end to this show because we started off talking about Fastlane. It was just very depressing. And hey, it could be very depressing next week. But I like to think 
WWE will give us a fast lane that yeah. we can look at and really, really enjoy. And we'll have time to, you know, digest this match on Dynamite, talk yeah. about the fallout from NXT as well. So it will be an uplifting episode next week like this. Indeed. Absolutely. 100%. And uh, Robbie, yeah, don't think, as I mentioned, you're going to get out defending your title because we will be giving our predictions for fast lane once we know uh, whatever the, uh, the uh, matches will be on that card. How do you feel about that, Robbie? As, I mean, yeah, fair. What happens? Um, do I have to defend it at Mania and Takeover? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Why God. not? Yeah, oh, God. I suppose because Mania's Rob, the night. Uh, he always right. Night he always moans about this. Yeah, he wins every time. I, I, I am. I am class. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the. I'm pretty sure the moaning gets worse, even though he wins every time. I know. I haven't even held the belt yet. Give him a chance. Yeah. No, I haven't. He never will. He never will. <laughs> well, uh, you could this Friday, uh, or this uh, next next Monday, I should say, uh, when we find out what's going on at the fast lane. But uh, yeah, hopefully, lads, we'll have something to look forward to because it's you know there's only three matches announced, so we should see a bit more to exactly. bust out. We'll see. And um, before we finish, Robbie, would you like to tell the the listeners of of your new your new job that you got over the past couple of weeks? I work in Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> I work in Papa John's. Um, I have started writing for the same online wrestling news platform as my brother has. I, I followed in his footsteps and I write for TWM News. Go check them out on Twitter, whatever their Twitter handle is. I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head that they could plug for me. I do apologise. But yeah, I've started writing for them. Go check out my content. I'm, I'm giving my views, not just on the podcast. Obviously, I have to be a bit... Uh, I can't swear when I'm writing in these things, which is which is unfortunate. I have to be a bit more This is why we do this podcast. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, it's... It's your opportunity to properly yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't let my, my, um, my hair down when writing for TWM. But of course, it's a different experience and I'm loving writing about the, the business that I've come to love over the past few years and it is nice to have another platform to be able to share my times controversial views about certain superstars so look out for ones where we'll be tearing in to not so much superstars but over the coming weeks i may well destroy vince mcmahon yeah. on my articles and then me and him have a match <laughs> at some point a last yes. man standing winner takes over wwe <laughs> and, and andy you write for them as well don't you andy I do indeed. They're a very good organisation. They, um, it's, it's very much. Um, they do news. Obviously, they do. They even do TV, film, and football, which is quite incredible as well. They just they like to have their hand oh, in as many different uh, pies as possible, and it's a great place to write for. Very creative process, and uh, yeah, do check it out. Twm uh, on uh, on on the internet, and of course on Twitter. I believe they're at Twm Wrestle. The there we go that's a better yeah, plug i should have gone Andy, to you Andy, instead of robbie but uh, they gents they did shout us out on twitter as well once they did they, they signed you they said you were part of the monday night gore podcast so i thought it'd be very nice that i would return the favor and i'm sure my invite will be incoming i'm, I'm sure it will yes be. must must have been lost in the post I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll go check i'll go check if the post is in. I, uh, the door I'll will be open i'm sure up here. i'm sure but uh, no, thank you, ladies and gents. Thank you, Connor, for that. And thank you, ladies and gents, for listening. Do stay tuned on our Twitter sphere at Monday Night Gore, capital M, capital N, capital G, and indeed our Instagram page, all lowercase, Monday Night Gore, and indeed email us. All the uh, information is on our uh, Twitter handle. But from me, from Rob, and from Connor, we thank you very much for listening. Join us next week for the Fast Lane Review, and we will see you next time. <laughs>